Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, brought to you by ebodyboarding.com and Tribe Boards. Hey folks, Jay Real with The Real Deal Show. Once again, I'm doing another interview from, oh, let me cover up the microphone. Sorry about that, folks. Whoa, we got people walking by left and right. And uh, live from a boat in the middle of the Maldives, we are sailing northeast to find some waves. And I have this guy here. He is two-time world champion, Omri Laverne. Welcome, Omri. How are you, buddy? Yes, thanks, Jay. Oh, I'm really good. Really good. Big day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, enjoying that uh, cruising on the Maldives Ocean. Well, you definitely earned it. Uh, Omri, in case you missed the webcast of the event, you can go to the IBC World Tour website, find links to this event. It's also on YouTube. You can watch every day of the event. This guy crushed it, crushed it, made two finals, men's and drop knee, and came so close to winning, folks. But you can't win them all. And this guy, but he is a massive winner. Obviously, I said two-time world champion. What years did you win your world titles? Uh, that was like uh, 2010 and 2014. Okay, so that tells me that you have been at this for a while. How many years on tour now? Uh, it's like 16 years now. That is super impressive. That's amazing to have a career at the top level of a sport for that long. So let's go back. We're going to get to that in a minute, but let me go back in your history a little bit because you grew up on Reunion Island, is that right? You're right. I born in France and I arrived in Reunion when I was three years old. Okay. And I just started a new life there with my uh, mom and my two brothers and sisters. And we just and I discovered bodyboard uh, over there when I was about six, seven years old. So Reunion Island, for those of you unaware, is in the Indian Ocean. It's east of Madagascar. It's an absolutely beautiful place, kind of like. When, I, when we used to go there for the GOB tour, I felt like it was a cross between France and Hawaii. Is that an accurate yeah, description? it's really, really <laughs> close to Hawaii. Like, it's uh, really similar, but where's similar. the French culture out there? Yeah, so it's the uh, same basic latitude as Hawaii, similar climate, beautiful landscape, and fantastic waves. Where did you use the bodyboard when you lived there? Okay, so I went on the west coast. Uh, I discovered bodyboard on a famous beach called Bukan Canot, yeah. where most of the uh, the guy been surfing and and the bodyboarding used to be really popular. And then growing up, I used to surf a lot Les Aigrettes, which is close to Bukan Canot. And then and then the evolution just bring me more in the south and the west side, which is Saint Lou. And uh, when there was the GOB contest and the Turtle, which is the left next to Saint Lou and Leamitage, that was the spot we, we used to surf. So you were a young kid when we used to come there for the GOB events. Yeah, uh, I Very pretty much young. started bodyboarding in 95 when there was the first event. Uh, so then every year I was like 10, 11 years old when you guys used to come. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I've got your autograph. Still got it <laughs> because I've got a little book in my house. Oh my god! And, and I've got my little shirt which is about that big with the, the signature of all the guys uh, from the 7th. That's amazing. Wow, I loved going there. San Lu was really, really suited me for riding. It, it was a, it's a beautiful wave. Um, I remember I made it to, the, I think, to the semifinals was my best result there and just love that wave. Now, Reunion was in your life for how long before you moved? Uh, I stay in Reunion for about 25 years. Okay. And I'm in the Canaries now for 10 years. Okay. 
go back to reunion for a moment. Did you have some bodyboarding influences? Because there are some famous bodyboarders oh, yeah, from reunion. A lot. Like yeah. I mean, when I start bodyboarding, so if we compare to Maldives, I had a conversation with the boys last night. I, for them, they have their first event here. That's that's a new start for the body for the Maldives community. But me, when I start in '95 in reunion, I already had this 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 events coming every year with the pro and most of my friends was waiting for this event. And when I started bodyboarding in 95, there was already some pro bodyboarders from Reunion, guys like Thomas Richard. Yeah. I used to be on the tour. So that was like such a big influence for me. Uh, we had like a national contest. We had like, I mean, bodyboarding has a real structure there uh, and really motivate me to keep going that way. So you, do you know the name Stefan Sisko? Of course, Stefan Sisko, like really good, good, uh, bodyboarder and he's now working in the French Federation of Surfing uh, doing all the media parts so I'm really in touch with him for, for many things. Uh, that's great. So you have, you, you're old enough that you have a, a contact with the past but you also are as in the middle of being one of the best bodyboarders in the world. You have a contact with the next generation who are some of the young riders coming out of Reunion now. Yeah, I mean um, there is super good to see new riders because well, this is a long story, but that shark crisis we had for about yes. 12 years now, and this is the main reason why I left Reunion. Uh, we, we saw like a really big gap, like in the in the evolution of Reunion Island bodyboarding, because the guys could not surf for a long time. So many guys, uh, many friends of mine, just changed their, their mind, go to another sport, or or just uh, didn't surf that much. But then now, with the with the new system and all the security system they, they build in Reunion so people are able to serve. We are lucky to see some new face coming such as Fabian which is here now on the tour with yeah. us and uh, and yeah bodyboarding and surfing is back to life now in Reunion since about two years with no attacks. Yeah that's amazing how did how are how are they preventing the attacks? Are they doing something? Wow, like you could not believe it. Like yeah like like uh, there is two systems the more recent system of protection in Saint Louis uh, is with jet skis, so they have like a patrol, they call it the water patrol, which wow. is the, the name in, even in French, they call it water patrol. Yeah. And from 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon, they've got like about 3 jet skis going into the channel and like, and then, um, uh, yeah, taking care of the people in the water. So you, you can see now like 40 to 50 people are out at Saint Louis. Wow. And you can see people that just uh, getting away from this water patrol because it's too much people in the water. Oh. So many people are surfing from 6 to 9 and from 3 to 6 to be away from this water patrol. And, oh, wow. and it's lasting for like two years and actually that no attacks. So that's the first uh, uh, security system we've got. And the other one, which is another city, it's pretty crazy. It's like two boats going around the spots when the water is clear enough. And people are diving around you with a spear fishing I heard gun that. in the water around you, looking like, for sharks. Yeah, underwater. like waiting for shark with like a GoPro on the head, oh and the GoPro God. is connected with like a screen on the boat. So there is a guy on the boat seeing all the GoPros underwater oh and can see if there God. is a shark. So that been costing like almost a million euros this system, uh, and it used to be um, considering like a, like a crazy project at the beginning. But actually, today with this, like we can see some uh, events coming back. We see kids in the water. We see uh, family growing around surfing. I mean, it's actually working. It's working. So it's. I mean, it's very basic to have guys 
He's diving underwater looking for potential predator sharks and then spearing them, I guess, or calling the surfers out of the water if they see sharks. That is crazy, that, and I'm so happy that it's working. Um, but let me start with the nets sometimes, but oh, the yeah. Island, they get so much big sweat in winter, and they uh, try like maybe three different uh, technology of nets, but yep. nothing just under there. Yeah, because the nets probably get smashed yeah, apart. Yeah, smashed with in winter with the big sweats. So you said you moved to the Canaries because of the shark situation. Um, why did you choose the Canary Islands? Did you know people okay. there? Because yeah, that's the uh, other I, side of Africa. Yeah, I mean, I, the first time I arrived in the Canaries, it was 2003, when I was studying France for one year, and so I was pretty close to Canaries, and, and I, I, I had many French guys who used to go there from the Basque country, they used to go there every winter, so I knew there was good waves, and when I went there in 2003, I, I saw the fronton for the first time, and I saw the level of the guys, and I was like, wow. And then in Reunion, that year, uh, actually Dave about was at my place staying. We used to angle a lot in Reunion. He was staying at my at my house. And one day we just went surfing in Reunion and there was this shark attack just in Bukokanot, the place where I start bodyboarding. Yeah. And the guy died was Mathieu Schiller. He used to be like, one of my idols when I was young. And at this stage he was a good friend of mine. And he just died like, uh, we didn't even find the body. Like, oh my God. Like he was like gnarly. So that, that day, I just decide if I want to keep going with my passion and my, my, my passion with this sport and being a professional bodyboarder, I need to go away. But maybe just a few months. So I just went to Canaries, just like a three month trip. And, and then Reunion was getting even worse with more attacks. So I just say, okay, I'm, get, I'm staying there. And I just rent the place, I bought a car, and then I meet my wife, and then now I've got my own house, my two kids. And <laughs> Well, so you're a French-speaking guy, and you moved to a country where they speak a completely different language. How did you learn to speak Spanish and English for that? Yeah, matter? actually, we, we are learning Spanish and English in school in, okay. in French, in, so in Reunion. So oh. I used to have the base of Spanish. Okay. But then I used to be traveling in Chile and Mexico since like 2005 and six when I started to be on the world tour. So, so yeah, I had some base in Spanish. But then leaving there, and I'm all, I'm actually now like thinking in Spanish. Really. That's so awesome! How many years now have yeah, you lived ten in the years. Uh, ten years. Ten years. Got a video. Yeah, it's gonna be released soon. Uh, uh, and you guys, when you're gonna see that podcast, the video will be already out. That's called Decade, and that's uh, that's a video like resuming a bit my life in the Canaries okay, for the past so ten years. Okay, so we're gonna find the link and we're gonna put it at the top of the screen. So. Uh, click that link at the top and it'll take you to this video. Is it going to be on YouTube? Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. Okay, so easy enough. We'll get that link for you. Um, so continuing on, so you you moved to the Canaries and you met a Canarian girl? Yeah, exactly. And you got married. How long were you dating before you married her? Uh, we spent like a year and a half together. Uh, okay. She already went pregnant before we get married. Okay. Uh, yeah, things are putting actually really fast. I mean, I'm living in the Canaries for 10 years. I met my wife 10 years ago and I've got like a nine years old kid. Yeah. You know? So everything went really fast. Like I, we had it pretty clear. Um, and yeah, when I went there, I mean, for the three months uh, trip, there was a contest in, uh, in Fronton. First, there was the ISA contest in Buencha and then just followed by the IBC. Oh, it was a, sorry, it was an APB event at the moment. Uh, no, sorry, it was an IBA. Sorry, I'm I know, lost. it's easy to conf yeah. confuse IBA the event in the, in the front end. And my brother-in-law was the one who organized the event. Okay. So my wife was working at the event. 
like a beach marshal and she was driving people around. So this is where we meet up and, uh, and uh, link together. Wow, okay. So you moved to the Canaries, you, you got married, you had a kid, but we all know that being a pro bodyboarder isn't going to make you rich. So you started a business, correct? Correct. Tell me about your business. So yeah, um, I start to create Amory Academy. I mean, before that, I was I already like to share some knowledge and follow some kids. I've got that since growing up in Reunion because when I was young in Reunion, I used to have some guys teaching me, being in a club, like in an association, surfing together. So this is something I've got inside me. And in, in Canaries, I, I, I could see that there was no really a movement like this really when you can coaching people and, and build like a, a community there. Yeah. So I realized like maybe I should do something there with local people. And, and then when I was traveling around, I was starting to create this movement and bring people with me and create some courses. Since uh, I get to Australia and a friend of mine told me, Amory, you should create your academy. What about Amory Academy? Is the guy give me this name, Ty Landa. He's a like famous uh, filmmaker in the in the Australia, and he's like, you should do something like that. And I'm like, let's do it. And I, and I create Amory Academy, and since that, I'm just yeah building it like uh, since 2015. Did you have to get licenses from the? the uh, municipalities to have permission to do the academy and insurance and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Local in the Canaries, I have to be declared. So I'm like, it's called it like an autonomous. I've got my own business yeah. myself. So I can, uh, I've got my uh, license, ISA license, surfing license. And I've got my lifeguard license that I did in France. Uh, and with that, I can work in, uh, in Spain. So you're running the academy what happens when you're traveling do you have other people no that i don't have other people i was telling uh, talking about that with uh, brian Miduch right now before the podcast and uh, yeah it's hard to find someone i can trust yes that's the first thing and really if i need to have someone working when i'm not there i need to open a bigger business declare someone uh, get more insurance you know and so it's, it's it's a big responsibility yes and at the moment i prefer doing when i'm there and people understand that i'm going to work and doing to compete and actually in the in the group we've got like a whatsapp group of my academy it's such a big deal my my competition you know people following me it make like a really big movement all the kids following me send me photos and good vibes you know it's it's cool That's i like it great. like this and and um and actually, the, the base of Amory Academy, it's not really that local business I've got in the Canaries. Amory Academy, it's like when I'm doing the course overseas, oh. outside of Canaries. That's the base of oh. Amory Academy, doing courses in Like this year, I went in Italy, I've uh, been in Africa many times, in Senegal, France, Portugal, uh, Spain. Uh, did, wow. I did a lot in Chile. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do some in Maldives next year. I already have plans to do like some academy next year, like yeah. some three or four days academy, coaching people, uh, competition and uh, video analysis. This is what I really yeah. like to do. This is the real Amory Academy concept. I like it. So you have basically a worldwide business that you can take with you anywhere you go. Exactly. And you can charge whatever you need to charge. Depending on the to what we're gonna do, how many people it's gonna be. Yes. It's gonna be some beginners, some some advanced riders. Uh, if they want to have some uh, physical trainings, uh, nutrition, uh, speech, or I don't know, I can do many different things. And uh, so we're working together with the people who want to make 
uh, these, these events coming up and, uh, and we just make some custom courses. Well, let's talk about, you mentioned nutrition. I know you're very much into fitness and nutrition. What is your daily workout and nutrition like? Uh, Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's a big worm. But the base uh, is doing most like if, if we are talking with nutrition first, cooking myself. Okay. That's the base. I mean, with my wife, we're just eating maybe one time a week outside of our house. And if we go away, we're going to make some nice picnic, uh, some nice uh, 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 food box that we're going to bring with us at the beach, you know. So the base, if you want to get some good food, is cooking your, yourself. You can control what's in and the food. Exactly. You're controlling the ingredient you put in there. You, you, uh, controlling the oil that you're going to use to cook, you're going to control uh, the sugar that you're going to add to your food and the salt and all these little things that on the long term plan make a big difference. So I'm pretty much every two days at the supermarket, I'm spending a lot of money on the foods, on good foods, but this is some money I'm saving because I'm not eating outside of my house. And this is the base, cooking yourself, okay. really controlling. And when you have kids, you really realize like how it's important the food that you got to give to your kids because you really can see physically and mentally the impact of the food that you give to your kids. Yeah. Like to myself, obviously, I know really myself today and I can feel how good I feel if I eat this kind of food or, or, or the other kind of food. But with the kids, you can really feel how they're growing up and the effect of the sugar, for example, yeah. of my kids, like the, the straight, the quick effect of sugar and stuff like that. So yeah, you are what you're eating. You are what you eat. So today <laughs> we uh, we are lucky. I mean, living in Europe, we, we we have access to some really good quality food, and we try to get the best of it. And your fitness? What do you do? You're a very fit guy. So fitness. Um, I used to have a part of my life when I was really on the intense training, like CrossFit and using weight and. And uh, which is which is had a good impact on my on my physical training because I, I went to really high uh, uh, performance with yeah. my body. But today I'm more on like uh, try to find consistent constancy. I mean, not about the intensity. It's about to be every day doing something. Yes. I'm not with using weight anymore. I mean, my body weight because I really feel that I have my weight. I'm weighing like 75 kilos today, which is the weight I'm feeling good with it. Yeah. So I don't want to get more muscle. I mean, in bodybuilding, you really have to find this, this uh, balance between being strong, but you have to be flexible. You have to get a good cardio. I mean, and it's not an easy balance to find. If you're getting too strong, you know, lost flexibilities and maybe lost cardio. If you are not strong enough, maybe you can get injured. Yes, so, I understand that. I'm trying to find uh, like a softer training, but just every day. I've got my own uh, training place in my garage now in my house. And this is where I'm training pretty much every day. Wow. So, Depending on the wave condition and on the surfing too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's why it's hard to say like my daily routine because it's depending on the wave. If I'm surfing six hours, I'm not going to train in the afternoon. I'm going to do a nice stretching. But in the summer, yep. there is less wave, so I'm training more. So, are you in the water surfing almost every day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Between my personal training and the courses I'm doing, and now I'm doing personal, like private courses now, uh, with one one person. So I'm, I'm in the water like every day. And what's the spot where you take your students? It's not it's not fronton, right? No, sometimes <laughs> really? I bring yeah I bring people in fronton, but 
because front on are really different faces. Yeah. You can surf front on with like two foot high tide and it's gonna be a dream way for every bodyboarder with like a sideways coming through and you just launch some move landing in the deep channel. And it could be like a nightwear uh, 10 foot low tide. So yeah, I bring people on the reef next to my place. Uh, but you have to choose really, it's all about the tides and the size of the swell. And yeah. we got a couple of beach breaks too where I can bring the kids. Oh, okay. Um, do you live, can you walk to Fronton from where you live? Yeah, I call bicycle, like okay. 10 minutes bicycle, uh, half hour walk and like uh, five minutes to drive. Okay. All I right. can see it from my window. Wow, so uh, Fronton King, that event must be very important for you. It's at your home spot. Yeah, this is a really important event for me since I'm living right there. And, and uh, I don't know, from so many factors, all the local community, bodyboarding community over there, the level of the riders, the wave himself. I mean, many people think it's my favorite way, but it's not, you know, Fronton, it's, when it's good, it's not like, a, it's like, it's not fun. I mean, it's a serious wave. Scary. Yes, scary <laughs> when you push your limits. So I like it, obviously, to push my limits, but this yeah. is not the way where I have the most fun. So this is always a challenge to surf Fronton. And when it's get about more than six foot, it's, uh, yeah, a real challenge for any bodyboarders on this planet. Wow. So the Fronton Kings, the final event on the IBC Tour, Look for Amri out there tearing it up. And am I saying your name correctly? Say it for me. Yeah, also on the English uh, accent, it will be Emery Laverne. Emery. In Spanish, it will be Amaury Laverne. And in French, it's like Amaury Laverne. Oh my gosh. So say it <laughs> so in whatever language guys. works for you. <laughs> During the webcast, I was saying Amri. And uh, they, oh, were, they were calling you Amari. So we, we all said it different. but. Anyway, you get the idea. So let me ask you just two more questions. One is, what are your future plans for competitive bodyboarding? Are you going to keep doing the tour for a long time? Do you still enjoy it? Yeah, I totally enjoy and I try to, I don't know, I, I start this year with a really different mindset. Like, I was thinking only going a couple events um, because today I don't have the obligation to do the tour. I mean, with my contract, with my sponsor, sniper, they don't, I do it because I really want to and because I feel competitive still and I, yeah. I'm surfing pretty much at my best level technically. So I really want to still pushing there and see how I go. And with this first event in Arica, I felt I was in the game still. Um, so I don't know, I'm going step by step uh, with the family, the equation now, like in my life and my academy, it's not the same picture but I totally enjoy it. And with the trip, for example, we are living now in Maldives. Uh, and I, I really enjoy what we are living. And uh, yeah, so I will be there hopefully a couple of years more. It's a great Until lifestyle. I take your place in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there, one bald guy is enough in the yeah. booth, buddy. Um, so, Amri, let me ask you this. Um, who were your bodyboarding influences? Uh, so depending, uh, so if we get back to my first year's bodyboarding, uh, the local guys in Reunion, obviously, uh, and on the top guys, uh, I, I, I mean, I saw Tamega once in 96 in, in, in Reunion. I was 11 years old, but it is something that would stay in my mind forever. And then I'm seeing all the events in Saint-Pierre uh, during all these years, like from 96 to like 2000, you know? So, uh, yeah, guys like Ben Holland. Ben Holland was in my house one day because my mum was working for a newspaper and doing an interview with Ben Holland. So I saw Ben Holland so close when I was young. So guys like that, Andre Botta, 
obviously was like a, a god for me when I was young. And then in my career, Pierre, Pierre was one of my main inspiration on the long term plan because we've been surfing together for so long and I see Pierre uh, improving his technique so quickly compared to me with the talents he've got and he had. So, I mean, Pierre was definitely my main inspiration in my career. And today when I'm seeing guys like Tanner surfing and Tristan, you know, the, uh, how motivated they are, how fit they are, how healthy they are, you know, it makes me really motivated to keep going. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the reason I asked you that is because as I watched you ride in this event, I saw so many similarities to Mike Stewart's style. And to me, Mike, you know, in his prime was the best in terms of style. Uh, from my generation, and I saw a lot of parallels with how you were riding in this no, event. Yeah, Mike, I mean, Mike is an inspiration for many, many guys. I didn't say his name, but yeah, I've been seeing Mike surfing for many years. Yeah. And in Reunion, when he was there every year, he was the guy really to watch. Um, back in the days in Reunion, we are more the style like the Tamega style. Yes. Back in the days, I mean, I've been more working aggressive. on my style a lot. I mean, in the, in the last few years. Yep. Uh, in the middle of my career, my my styles change a lot, and 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 today, if Jerry is saying that my style looks like my style at some stage, I'm, I just can't be it's, proud of it. It's very smooth and fluid, which is reminding reminds me of Mike Stewart. That's why I said that. Very smooth and fluid. I love the way you surf. So thank you. Um, here's your chance as we finish up to thank your sponsors. Yeah, thank my sponsor. I've been. I mean. Uh, Sniper Bodyboard, I've been with them for like 17 years, uh, trusting, uh, we've been working together, working together and we're still going to do it. Uh, I'm distributing a Reflex wetsuit in the Canaries, Okay. so I'm a Reflex distributor. I've got Johnson, which is a French brand of clothes uh, from the military uh, part of France. They are supporting me since a couple months now, I'm really stuck on that since we didn't see too much clothing brands in the bodyboarding industry today. Uh, and uh, and my academy, obviously, Amory Academy, uh, which is uh, my pretty much my main support today to keep going, uh, following my dream. Awesome. Well, Amory, thank you so much. This guy has his stuff together, as you can hear. He's well-spoken, he's driven, he has successful businesses going on, and a great family, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. forward yeah. in the tour. I would shake your hand, but I would drop the camera. So... <laughs> Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of The Real Deal Show. We thank Amory Laverne for taking his time out to talk with us. And if you like this show, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our YouTube channel, put some comments down below for Amory, and I'll try to make sure that he reads them and responds to them when he's not super busy with all this other stuff that he does. Uh, if you listen on the podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. And folks, we will see you in the surf. See ya. Bye. Woo!